and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 291. That is to Sergey Fedorovs, I believe, if I am not mistaken, all you Detroit fans out there, out in the midnight hour, as they say. Uh, I am Jim, and I'm going to be joined today by a couple of fellas, Clay and Brandon, up in Buffalo, where, you know, not having the greatest of hockey seasons, but... That's not here nor there. As we go through a couple big books, me and Brandon will be talking about Venom. Me and Clay will be talking about Amazing Spider-Man as we do. And I, by myself, will be going through the finale of The Avengers with the Phoenix Force being handed off to, we will see. I don't want to spoil it just yet. Not yet. A little bit, but not yet. Uh, But if you are wondering, well, where's that King and Black finale? Where's King and Black 5? Well, that is actually over at the Patreon picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. So if you want to hear me and Brandon talk about that, as well as me and Clay talking about America Chavez, Made in the USA number 2, that is a book, not a song by Miley Cyrus. I just want to point that out. You go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience where you will get to listen to that spotlight and much, much more, including if you're into such things. Our book of the month for April is Invincible, the Robert Kirkman book, where a lot of people are watching the cartoon right now. We're going through an issue a week of that to get our book of the month. And also with our character of the month on the Marvel side of things is Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. So I'll be going through some stuff with him as well. But there's other things involved here as too. You could go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We will follow you back every single time, 100%. Maybe 110% if that's possible. Really isn't. But, you know, we'll say it is because I think that that is a courtesy. If you want to hear or see what we're up to, I'd like to see what you're up to as well in a non-creepy way. And I just want to point it out as well. If you end up having a podcast of your own or you have a website or whatever, if you end up wanting to, say, tag me into something and all that, whether or not, I'm not saying that that's going to do anything. I'm not, you know, very important or anything, but I would always like and retweet said thing and even check it out just as an aside. I think that we're all in this game of life together. And we're all struggling through even this pandemic and things like that, that I was hoping it was going to bring everybody closer, not divide us even more than it seemed to have done. So that's a little little bit of my part, even if you wanted to, you know, follow us at our DC side of things where we have a lot more followers. You can even go there at Weird Science DC. And again, if you, you know, wanted a little deal or you wanted to show me something or you wanted to get something pushed, I'll always do that because I try to. Uh, Give people a little benefit like that that I never got because when I started all this stuff, I'd end up trying to get advice from people and things like that. Nobody wanted any parts of me. They really don't still, but I I just like to, you know, be friendly and be nice to people. I don't know if 
how this is playing out here. I'm very tired, as I always say, because I end up doing this always after midnight, it seems. You know, it's like I'm like Judas Priest here. I'm living after midnight and I can't take it. I'm not as cool as Judas Priest. I get tired. I'm going to redo that. I'm going to have a parody tired after midnight because I always am as most normal people would be. Take that, Rob Halford. What is, what is he doing? Doing all this stuff after midnight like he's, you know, fancy or something. But with all that nonsense behind us, uh, let's get to some other nonsense because I'm going to go off right now and I am going to, you know, check out what this whole Phoenix Force story with uh, Jason Aaron is all about. I mean, I really think that it's hard hitting and everybody down at the malt shops talking about it, right? Everybody needs to know who this new Phoenix is. And yeah, we'll see what that is right about now. All right, and this is Avengers number 44. It is the finale, the finale to Enter the Phoenix. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon, colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Corey Petit. Fiery Cosmic Force noticed Phoenix arrived on Earth in search of its next host, empowered several of the Avengers along with the other heroes and villains pitted against one another in trials by combat to determine the new host. Among the six combatants, or only six combatants, remain. Meanwhile, the Avengers left out of the competition have been battling the Phoenix, who is claiming to be Thor's true mother. And we're going to get a new Phoenix. We're going to get the idea that it is Echo. I'm just going to spoil it right away. And if you're going to go down the line of all these characters, yeah, Echo's going to be in the Hawkeye series, and she also has her own spinoff on Disney Plus series coming out, supposedly. So that's all this is. I just I can't see anything else. And it's not the idea that it becomes Echo. That's not the ridiculousness of this, though some might say it is. The ridiculousness of this is... At one point, I thought she was done. I thought that she definitely got destroyed by Namor at one point. So why did we meander about with this idea of a fighting-type tournament when all it was going to do is, and we, we kind of got inkling of this while this all was going on, that at some point, you will end up having the Phoenix just choose somebody. It won't matter. if it, And with that, you know, this tournament, was a different type of bullcrap than, say, the Ten of Swords. Ten of Swords was ridiculous because we had all these things. You've got to get the swords, 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 swords to only go and play Parcheesi, maybe pin the tail on the donkey, and, you know, a little bit of Jenga. You know, that that is not exactly out of the question from what we got. But this tournament is more in the execution. You end up having a bunch of fights that seemingly were only set up so that Javier Garon could give us variants of characters in a Phoenix Force guise. You know, you end up having them as the Phoenix Force Wolverine, the Phoenix Force Neymar, the Phoenix, you know, and all that is the wow moment. If this was a cartoon, you would definitely just say this is only to make the toys. And we probably will get statues and things from this because this seemed to only be a reason. So that you could get these, you know, character models from Javier. And he does a good job. The problem is, is that each fight, you end up getting them. By now, we've seen them. And also, each time two people end up fighting, they both end up getting the Phoenix Force, which actually negates the coolness of it anyway. But when they do that, it's like a panel of fire. 
I'm saying it's on fire. I'm not saying that, you know, it's lit that way. It's lit with the idea that you see a lot of yellows and, and oranges here. And a lot of times things get obscured with the whole deal with everything on fire. Also, when you end up having there's six combatants left, I think that a lot of people who are reading the story, if I said to them, who are the six, you get a couple of the ones right away. But you, you start to lose track of who lost, who left, who ended up giving up, who's going. Because like I said, Echo at the point, I, I thought that she had lost. We don't see her in this because it's as if Jason Aaron wants to shock you even more so when she gets picked so that, you know, you have that. Now, again, the other part of this is that idea where the good guys, especially Captain America and T'Challa, Black Panther, who we do start with, they're fighting each other while they're talking. They have been trying to kind of, you know, skew the numbers. They've been trying to cheat a little because they want to get somebody, pretty much themselves, somebody that is, you know, honorable, somebody that will be able to control the Phoenix Force, if anybody can, and use it for good, whatnot. They don't want Namor together. Of all the people left, you could even sit there and say, you know, Yelena, that'd be trouble. Uh, You know, She-Hulk, that would be trouble because she could barely control herself. So you do want to really, if you're the good guys, quote unquote, you would want to get like a Black Panther or a Captain America. And so they're fighting at the beginning, talking about this. T'Challa's trying to say, you know, one of us should do this. Uh, I don't know, you know, why do we need a Phoenix Force on the Avengers? I'm like, this, this is a little bigger than that, Steve. This is not just saying, well, and even then, it's as if you end up having, you know, a, a football team. And I don't know if we want, you know, Tom Brady, because that would make us too good. Or, you know, anybody, name any, you know, I don't know if we want, you know, and go down the list of every guy or whatnot. I don't know about that. It's just weird. And then to T'Challa to say, well, you know, this did all start with Steve or, or Tony, Tony going back to BC. And I saw the cave paintings. You're supposed to be impressed here and go, oh, my God, he was setting the stuff. There's so much crap laying around in loose ends. In this Avengers run that you could just grab one of 70 things and it's not going to impress me that you remembered some stories that you left behind or stories that even if they were set up, it took so damn long to get to this. If it was full out plan, then plan it better and plan it better so that you have these arcs. This this book, the Avengers book has been meaning to be big. It's been trying to be big. And I said it in my written review. It ends up being more spectacle than story, and that gets tiresome. We just came out of an age of Kanchu that just ended with a dud, thud. You know, oh, well, why did we get involved with that? Everything starts out with a kind of a, oh, man, this might be cool. But when we get to it, you end up seeing that all of this was just to eventually, you know, get Echo as the Phoenix Force and not setting that up in the least. And not even setting it up as a, you know, M. Night Shyamalan twist. It actually just starts the narration in the middle of this issue where you end up having Echo talking to herself about, yeah, the Phoenix Force really doesn't like me. And yeah, he really didn't want it. But I guess, you know, it's going to be. And then boom, there she is for us to say, okay, that, that's cool enough to go off. And 
you get, you know, the, the different fights that are going on here. But my biggest problem with the fights throughout this whole deal, we barely see an ending of a fight. We the, the most we get endings are are I give up. What? You know, the Phoenix Force, I don't get to control it. I'm out. Nice see you, Dr. Doom. Nice seeing you. You know, stuff like that. So when you get to these fights, they really are only here, especially this issue, as you go off to New York Harbor. You go off to Moscow. I mean, you get to see, you know, Shauna. You get to see She-Hulk. You get to see Neymar. All these characters. And when they show up, they'll yell their names. They'll yell their opponent's names and then give pretty forced explanations like there you are she hulk boy you are savage i don't think that you'd be able to control that phoenix force because you can't control yourself oh namor you say that because you think you're the king of the city like everything is just to remind you oh yeah she hulk's here i wonder if she'll get it oh yeah yelena oh that'd be cool oh i don't want that Ah, and but nothing happens there's no story here. It's just people fighting, meandering fights that rarely end in any way and don't really serve any purpose except to show different variants of the Phoenix Force throughout the characters. Because as that's going on, you are getting this overall narration that even tells you, yeah, the people I'm seeing now, they're not part of this. They're not going to get the Phoenix Force. I wonder who's there. And the only thing you get is Namor saying, yeah, I left that echo at the bottom of the ocean. Maya's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we're at least told that she's in this issue. So when she becomes that. But when this happens, you end up having the other Avengers aided by even like Moon Girl and stuff like that saying, oh, my God, there's Phoenix Force explosions throughout the world. I don't understand what's going on as the rest of the Avengers gear up to pretty much shoot down the main Phoenix While Thor starts yelling, don't you hurt my mamas? Because, again, that was one of the other spectacles was, oh, my God, the Phoenix is Thor's mom. Even by the end of this, Thor is like, mommy, tell me more. Tell me how this is possible. Maybe later. I got to go for a pack of smokes here because I'm going to go make Maya echo the phoenix she just goes up there's no real resolution nothing with that so again if jason aaron wants to explore it more we can have another story that doesn't involve all the avengers together and do that so you know you have this going on to then just have boom phoenix maya echo and a lot of the people when this was announced you know with the some that actually cared Because most people just was like, Phoenix Force, I'm out. We've had enough of this. Why is this coming back? And then the other people who went a little further with, well, why isn't this an X-Men thing? Why are you doing this? Why why are you making this Jason Aaron stop? And then really people, when he had that huge Thor run, now people just like, please, you're done with Thor. Stop with your nonsense with this. And the idea of the Phoenix Force being Thor's mom really feels to me like and and again i haven't read a ton of jason aaron so i'm just going with the now and whatnot almost like jason aaron well you know that donny cates is getting a lot of kudos for going back and explaining things and ah, i'm gonna do it too and i'll continue that yeah phoenix force mom of four and then he said uh, you know he's losing his mind at one point they're saying is jane's holding him back um but yeah you get maya she is now the phoenix force and not a lot of people 
know the character of Echo, so maybe it will be well played so that she can go off into that, you know, the Hawkeye show and then the spinoff series. In fact, at points, I was getting her confused with Arrow. And I, I've even said in some things that, oh, you don't know her? She was in the New Age of Atlas. That's just me not knowing either of the characters and making a mistake with that because this is new to me. But at least I'm learning some things. And I'm like, okay, let me check out who Echo is and, and whatnot. Pretty cool, you know, mimicking powers, stuff like that. But the one cool thing at the end, if you maybe this will be something that people who wanted the Phoenix Force to stay amongst the X-Books, things like that. Maybe this is a little olive branch to them because it does seem like Gene reaches out and kind of says to Echo, you can't do this alone. Maybe I can help you out with it and whatnot. Maybe we'll get something like that going forward. But most of this left is, you know, cities on fire and a lot of people, especially Namor, pissed that they weren't picked. So maybe we'll get a phoenix you know book a maya book who goes off if anybody's going to cause more trouble here it would be namor trying to get revenge or maybe even try to force that onto him i could see him being a villain in that sort of thing but what are you going to do with maya as the phoenix force because for the most part a lot of the times that you have the phoenix force deal it would end up causing some issues and i'm mainly thinking of gene especially dark phoenix story stuff like that but it was already you know in a book that it happened and goes so is this just another thing that's just going to pop up more in the avengers book because we got a lot going on here and it's a lot going on without a lot happening that I'm interested in because we keep having these big things that aren't necessarily Avengers things. It, you know, you end up having Jason Aaron almost treat this book as the Jason Aaron presents. It's going to be whatever story he wants to tell. You're going to have the Avengers somewhat involved so that you can call it an Avengers book. But in the meantime, the focus isn't on most of the Avengers. It isn't going. I mean, you end up having this Phoenix story in an Avengers book and a non-Avenger ends up getting the phoenix force and most of the avengers really didn't do that much when you really think about it they're just kind of you know walking around trying to you know tony's trying to you know get a celeste like they're doing things but not and so you get that and then the next the next story it says the you know the it, we have a king and black blade story a king and black tie-in next issue i just talked tonight about the finale of king of black so how is that possible what are we going to And with the whole deal with the vampires and the blade, I, I already saw how that ends. So it's just, okay. Like you had to tell this story. Now we don't put a King of Black story in this so that it comes out afterwards, especially it's blade. Again, somebody who's just kind of been thrown on the team. I, I just don't get it. I don't get what, what Jason Aaron is trying to do with this book. And maybe I'm a dummy. But me and Brandon ended up talking to and getting yelled at by Tom Brevard. I bring it up all the time where we said, you know, a lot of people just want an Avengers book. They want to see all of the Avengers working together on a team that is called the Avengers, maybe going against the Squadron Supreme, maybe going against Dracula. But every time he goes with a story, things get wonky. Like he'd sit there and say, well, what would be cool? For the Avengers to fight. Who would be cool? And you're like, well, maybe we'll have a story that Thanos comes there. I'm making up stuff. But to do that then, 
he would add 17 other characters and then the next thing thanos is on the event like everybody ends up just sticking around it ends up being like you know that relatives that comes for the party and then doesn't leave for six months that you got you got to do something with the main team the most we get is that first page the credits page and it it is starting to well actually it's not starting to it has been infuriating with that but I'm used to it. I just like to yell about it. I like to yell about it too because when we yelled at Tom Brevard, he said that we were full of crap. And I'm just here to say we weren't, that this book is all over the place. And I will talk about the idea of the amazing Spider Man. Nick Spencer, he gets a little, you know, scatterbrained with his story, but at least his story always does have Spider Man. And at least his story is contained within those walls of Spider-Man. This story does everything but the Avengers. They're, I mean, at one point, they should all sit together and say, you know, hi, my, my name is Tony Stark. Who are you? Oh, my name's Captain America. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? You drinking again? Because that wouldn't be good. And he's like, ah, go back on ice, jerk. And he's like, yeah, that's how you like your eh, you Just go and fight. But, you know, with all this, it just... Ends up being seemingly a guy in Jason Aaron writing a book that he has no interest in doing as that book. He's trying to do other things. He's trying to get fancy. You're getting Moon Knight. You're getting Phoenix Force. Really? I'd like to have some Avengers. I'd like to have that eventually. And maybe we'll get that at some point. But again, Heroes Reborn coming at you. We're coming to that. So we shall see what that's all about coming up but first we'll go to a king and black tie-in you know uh, a dollar short and a and month late but that's that i'm gonna give this a i'm gonna give it a five out of ten i ended up i, I could i could give it 4.5 out of 10 but i do like the art a lot it's just that the whole phoenix stuff ends up making it like a really really it, it's bright but it might be too bright at points and some of the Fights get obscured with the amount of fire going on between them and things like that. But that's that's what I have to say about that, the Avengers. So with that, usually the books that I do by myself, I try to be a little more positive. I end up being able to pick some books that I do enjoy. Uh, just as a shout out, if you aren't on the Patreon, we had our Patreon only show uh, episode 290 last week or 289 might have been the main show because we ended up having an X-Men show as well on the Patreon, but it was like over two hours long, and I really enjoyed the books. I really had a lot of fun with a bunch of books. Silk ending up, Beta Ray Bill. I mean, even for a bit, liking the Avengers Man thing book, it wasn't great, but I, I didn't get angry as much as I do with like stuff like this. But speaking of which, we'll just keep the, keep the fun rolling. Uh, we're going to go off now to talk to Clay. Me and Clay are going to talk Amazing Spider-Man. Like I said, a book that has a bit of a focus problem overall, but still like the page-for-page writing by Nick Spencer. I think he writes good dialogue, all that. So even when things aren't exactly hitting hard for me, when I want a little more Kindred uh, and not so much Randy and Janice and their love you know, deal, I can still enjoy it enough because there's some good moments. You'll hear me and Clay talking about just that right about now. All right, and here we are with Amazing Spider-Man, and I'm here with my man Clay. How you doing, Clay? Doing pretty good. Me and you, hand in hand, doing the Amazing Spider-Man here. And you end up with this issue right away where last issue, 
you know, we were kind of down a little because of the ebbs and flows of, of Nick Spencer. And I did end up saying at one point that I, I always do like the writing. I always do like, you know, most of what he's giving us. It's just never the big stuff, it seems, until you get to it. I mean, obviously, there are big things. And we keep saying we think that he's waiting for issue 75, issue 100, whatever it might be. And it ends up like sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But one of the big things, and Wolf Cipher threw shade at me about me and you, saying that we didn't care about the Randy and Janice, you know, romance that was going on to be the big thing in the book because I said, and you said, nobody really cares really about that or about Robbie and Tombstone. Well, it seems like some people do. But it's not even like some people care that much about that. It's just something that's always going on. So I just wanted to throw a shout out to Wolf Cipher because <laughs> it's not. And with that, I even said, like, some of these things are passed up. Nick Spencer loves to grab stuff from the past. And so when you end up doing that, you are going to lose out on some of that hype factor to people who aren't in the know or were around then. But even so, after this issue, I just think that this is to remind everyone of it so that, well, Cypher's right, but we're right as well. It is a big deal, I guess, with Robbie and Tombstone, but I think the big deal here in the story is just to tell you that is a big thing between Robbie and Tombstone. It'll just become one more thing that pulls conflict into Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just a legacy thing that eventually gets Spider-Man thrown into that story. And then, hey, this is why it's a Spider-Man story. Yeah. And, and even with that, I thought it was going to last a little longer. Now it may still, because at the end, you do seemingly have them break up. But then something happens that we'll talk about that ends up being one of those like, is it going to be Janice saying, well, you know what? When push came to shove, I think I really do like this, Randy. But even so, still don't care if they stay together or not. This isn't something that I think people are like, oh, my God, the the romance of the ages. It, it has So when you get to it, I almost could see like you, you could see the A plus B plus two plus eight equals, you know, watermelon. I don't know. But when, when you end up at the end, it's like, OK, all these pieces fell into place just to get a bunch of people in the apartment. And an explosion. And so we'll end up where from that, say these two are hurt, either of their fathers are going to blame the other one to hurt that, you know, oh, my God, if it wasn't for that Randy, my daughter wouldn't have been hurt. It was his apart. Oh, if it wasn't for, you know, the nonsense going on. But all in all, it's Boomerang. Boomerang is, is very bad to be around at this moment. You got to stay away from that guy. I like him, though. But this is an extended issue. It's an extra size issue, and I don't know why, uh, because you're setting up and really, for the most part, take out that extended fight in it with, you know, Spider-Man and Boomerang going after getting, you know, attacked by Owl's guys and like and Hammer. All that didn't really need to happen. It, there really isn't much going on there. And I just want to point out and we'll get to the credits in a minute. I still don't mind it because, again, I wanted to bring up, I do think that he writes page for page dialogue. Everything's good. The whole thing with the friends and family of Randy and Janice plays out very good and is very, you know, realistic for a comic of what does happen when people end up being in love, but then they're trying to keep it secret. But then you come about in different walks of life, Romeo and Juliet stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But with, with all that, 
I just I I don't know. It, it just seems like we're already in the grind to set up the next big thing. And boy, he's starting to add more and more pieces, which scares me with him because then he goes off on tangents. But it is amazing. Spider-Man number sixty-three, written by Nick Spencer, art by Federico Vicentini, and the art's decent enough. We we've had you know some of our favorite artists on it, and so you get this. And I didn't actually notice. Too, like right away I was like okay This looks okay it did get confusing At parts in, in the action scenes For me but besides that I thought it was okay uh, Colors by Alex Sinclair and Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna To make ends meet Peter took a high paying gig From Nora Winters and J. Joan Jameson at Threats and Menaces the gig came with a new high tech Suit which allows TNM Subscribers to watch the world through Spidey's eyes Subscriptions went through the roof as viewers got To experience Spider-Man take down supervillains Who seemed to be cropping up at an alarming rate the villains are working for New York City Mayor Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, who's seeking the piece of the powerful Lifeline tablet. Peter and his roommate reform villain, in quotes, Fred Myers, a.k.a. Boomerang, have been trying to keep their uh, pieces out of Kingpin's hands, so Kingpin is doing everything in his power to distract Spidey and Boomerang while he schemes behind the scenes. Meanwhile, Petey's, Peter's, Petey, other roommate, why did I say Petey? Randy Robertson, son of the Daily Bugle's Robbie Robertson, has rekindled his relationship with Janice Lincoln. She's the villain known as Beetle and the daughter of Robbie's arch enemy, Tombstone. Now, one of the things I complained about last week was also, or last issue, was the idea, yeah, we get the suit and the threats and menaces stuff, but when is this going to come into play ever again? You end up slightly having something here, but not enough for me where, oh, man, that's that guy from the live streams. And I'm like, I thought we were going to get more of this to introduce a new suit, a, a funny concept, I thought, but it kind of gets pushed aside until I think it's going to matter that everything's being filmed. That That's just, again, what it seems to be the setup. But we start out in Ravencroft. And you do see, you you believe Norman, right, at this point, that he is <laughs> at least sad that Kindred is, I, you know, there I in still Italian. don't trust him. <laughs> you think he's just <laughs> goading? He's using anything he can to, to get Harry to respond over. So, because he is talking about Normie and talking about going to, you know, when we went down to the, the park and the playlist and, and that sort of thing. I'm like, boy, that seems like so long ago. That he was hanging out with Normie on that roof showing him that photo. That doesn't work. He starts crying. And the best is is creepy, creepy Kingpin who's watching in the surveillance deal. Like, he doesn't know I can see him. Uh, and there's... Yeah, the, big, the transfer yeah. Of, of Kindred from, I guess, Oscorp uh, to the hospital, we never saw. Yeah, so yeah. He's seeing this now, now is... is I guess just the progression of what was between the panels or whatever. But yeah, uh, Kingpin even says, Oh, he doesn't know that I can still look at the security because I own the hospital. Yeah, he owns it. He, he does everything. He's the one who got Norman to have a job there. So he was able to pull those strings, but yeah, you end up finding out that really with this now Kingpin is now going to use the tablet pieces, it seems, as bargaining chips because what he really wants is back to Kindred, back to Kindred giving him what he wants. And he ends up bringing in Baron Mordo. And there, there's the first, you know, wow deal of other characters being in who is going to, he says, I don't really recognize this Kindred or what's going on. Hell is a pretty big place. we got a lot of people there, but I know what makes him bleed. And so he's like, okay, well, I'll get that tablet for you and the death and entropy tablet, all these things going on, and you can have them if you make Kindred 
force him into giving me my wife back is is what he wants. And so, again, it's like this is what I, I get not upset about Nick Spencer because it's kind of cool. But what you end up doing is you want one thing. And then to get there, he has to give you like 7 million other things heaped on top of it just to get there. I mean, we still want just Harry and Peter to go off and find out what the hell or, you know, I, actually Norman and Peter, what the hell Harry was alluding to. You guys ruined things. You did this. You caused it. And that just got pushed aside. Harry's in that dark prism, you know, cell. And I just I just want to get back to that. But. While we're hanging out, I don't mind Boomerang and, and Gog and stuff, but it's already, this is already starting to feel like it's extended a little too long before the next real big thing. You know, he's yeah, in this holding know, Kingpin's pattern. whole idea of wanting to get his wife back, we already know this. Yeah. That's yeah. the one thing that keeps being reiterated. And he's bringing all of these new ideas in order to make that a successful idea or successful plan. So, like bringing Mordo, uh, Baron Mordo in here. I think it's cool because we get to see that character. Yeah. But he's attempting to do the same thing that every other criminal that Kingpin has hired yeah. to do the exact same thing. So it's just it's just a different element added to it. Yeah. And while that's going on, you have all the other, you know, street level criminal they're going after Boomerang. And that's what we see then. And this is where I said it it just it gets really you know, extended, even if it's only a couple pages, I don't know that I need to have more than one. You end up Boomerang and Spidey, they're fighting. You have Spidey's new suit, which isn't doing much anyway as they go through this. And you keep going back to it as they fight explosions and things like that. While then we see Randy and Janice, you know, that they are a couple, which, again, we already know. We already know that Robbie knows. We already know that Tombstone knows. Now we're going to see the ramifications of that with. Robbie just going to talk to his son, you know, hey, you know, you, you ended up doing all this, but you're with the, the daughter of the guy I hate who's been a thorn in my side. You get a spread page that looks cool just showing you. But again, that uh, it says they got history. You know, there it is. That still doesn't give me any emotions toward them because I didn't see that. I'm seeing a spread page. Yeah, you're, you're giving me the info, but I'm not really connected with that. I'm not really connected with Randy and Janice either. And so with all of that, even if you ended up like, I, I would be upset if Randy died, uh, but I'd be more upset, you know, about how upset other people were. But even if it's just like they break up, if they continue, well, oh, we're bad for each other, whatever, I, I won't care at all. And you end up where I thought it was going to be one of those where you'd have Robbie, where he ends up saying, I'm going to be right. You'll be wrong about it. But doesn't go off and say, you know, you're done. I'm never talking to you again. Like. There isn't even those stakes. He just says, we'll see how long this lasts. Uh, maybe to set up him, you know, Randy being more upset later. But then, I don't know. I, were you any bit into it? Not really. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I do think that the history between Tombstone and Robertson is interesting. There's that big splash page basically showing you the entire history between them, which I thought looked really good. I really enjoyed it. But as far as their children, you know, I think even one of uh, the girls at the very Janice's end. Janice's friends. Yeah, one of Janice's on friends team. is saying like, oh, it's like Romeo and Juliet. And that's literally what it is. Yeah, that's all it is. And it's funny. They do make the deal like, 
It's like, well, it's exactly like it because that story did. I like the idea. Do you know how that story ended? It didn't end very well. Uh, <laughs> so I like that. And this is her, you know, villain group, too. So they're, they're on that side. But I like that. The, oh, he's going to try to change you. He's going to try to change you right to Randy. Hey, you know, I, I told my dad that you're reformed that I'm going to And She's like, you bastard, because they just got a little sexy, it looks like. And she even throws that line like, you know what? What we just did is even better at the Araba Bank. And he's like, you robbed the bank? <laughs> and, and so that was the thing that we even saw her in the thing say. She doesn't want – she bends the rules, but she's still a villain, but she's not out to hurt anybody. Yeah, even, so she, even Robbie was, like, telling Peter, you know, like, it's the exact same line. You know, the the line is very thin and gray. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, oh, it sounds so much better when she explains it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and with that, too, you even have the idea of Peter – Kind of alluding to when he dated Black Cat. So, yep. like, yeah, this didn't. And it's funny, too, because it's Peter saying it. So, Peter's like saying to Randy, like, oh, I know what it's like to date a bad girl. And Randy's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, when was this? He's like, oh, there's a lot you don't know about me. It was funny the way that it was pushed out there, like, oh, look at Peter Parker dating the bad girls. But yeah, we know that it's the Spider Man Black Cat deal, which actually is a good. You know, metaphor deal or a good connection to that. Um, but yeah, uh, Janice doesn't want to be good. She wants to keep doing what she's doing. Now, one of the funny things is this: when Tombstone goes a little more crazy than than Robbie. At least Robbie, he he doesn't throw things and destroy their apartment and house. But Tombstone flips out, and I do like this again, where this is the stuff that I like from Nick Spencer, where she ends up flying away and going, you know what? The more you're yelling at me, Dad, the more attractive he becomes. That's going. It's true. And she goes off there. And I thought, okay, this is actually going to work because she's going to think of herself as a bad girl just for dating, you know, Randy. But then Randy has to pipe up. And uh, also, as somebody who has a degree that would have led to some social work or something like that, if I would have pursued it from there, uh, it did make me laugh. When you end up having Janice throw shade because he's like, you're a villain. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you're a social worker. And I don't take that against you. <laughs> I giggled. I'm like, oh, Janice, you jerk. But, yeah, she ends up like they think that they're, you know, just you think they're going to break up. You think that it's over. You think that there's problems. But then that's where you end up having Crime Master and his goons show up uh, to find Boomerang. This is the thing that I do like about this is they're not there for Beetle or Randy. They're there for Boomerang, who lives there, which is causing the trouble. It's almost like we said in America on the Patreon Spotlight. Like, it's not a Boomerang himself. It's just he's putting everybody in danger here. They show up. That's where Janice does push Randy aside, pushes him down, says, get down, sweetie, and then starts going ham on all of Crime Master's guys and him himself. Uh, but, again, you, you then add a... a other well character madam mask shows up and the cool thing and it does come up in the i mean i'm telling you this this you know writing like sometimes they do the flash where you're talking really quick that's kind of a bendis thing as well i've seen yeah where you don't have any spaces because they're so excited and talking fast there is some cool things in there because madam mask is the daughter of count nefarious so she even says oh it's cool you know i look up to you you're another one with a bad guy dad you're trying so that is a cool deal and she's excited about that uh, Madame Mass says this one's not to be trifled with and tells them to back off from there, but then kicks her in the face. Um, but then again, you just have these sequences of events here where all of a sudden Peter and 
Boomerang, Fred. They look at the pieces. They have them locked away. They go back home. They open up the door. Oh, shit. Like, what's going on? There's all these villains here. Obviously, Peter and Boomer, they both recognize things. Peter's spidey sense goes off a little too late. <laughs> he opens, it's like he opens the door, sees Madam Mask. Oh, no. Spidey sense. No, no. That's just your eyes, Peter. You, you, you have the problems. I'm like, okay. And this is the thing that I really liked about this. And then actually in such a weird deal, elevated my score a bit was when they're locking up the storage facility that they have the pieces that they have. Peter then says to a boomerang, hey, me, I mean, me and Spider-Man, wink, wink, will go off and, you know, find the others that Kingpin have. You know, you're doing your deal. And when, when you have boomerang say, I'm really glad that I get my chance to be a hero, finally. I, I'm worried about him. I think that I was like, going to ask you, do you think we get the actual transformation of Boomerang in I, I this think, book? I think he'll die. It's what I think. Oh. When you, when, in my <laughs> mind, when you get this idea that he's finally getting what he wants and, and he's happy with it and he's going there, I think two things could happen. First off, that suit is going to do a thing that's going to expose at least to Boomerang that Peter is Spider-Man. I think that this they're tiptoeing around this all the time with that, and I think that that will be that. And I don't know how that will affect Fred. Uh, the only thing that I can think of, why did you lie to me? Why didn't you tell whatever? Um, but it also may lead to him when he's doing something bad, Peter finds out. But I, I don't know, when you get this sort of thing with Bo- like a character like Boomerang and the idea that, you end up needing, you know, he, oh, I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a good guy. And when it starts happening, I fear for him. And I have a feeling that it's going to involve some sort of blood magic. It's going to be a mortal thing where he's going to need to sacrifice a life. To, and it's it's going to be Boomerang. And I'm really worried about the idea of that. And also, I'm worried that Boomerang's going to blame himself if anybody gets hurt in this apartment. Because if, say, even it's Beetle, say it's, it's whatever, it is kind of because of him and a lot of craziness. and. We didn't even mention that's what brought the two together. You ended up having Janice show up to kill Boomerang and then met Randy in that. So it's the good and the bad. It's the facts of life. But, yeah, you end up where I think Boomerang's going to have some problems. <laughs> like, so I'm looking at it then. As Peter's still behind Boomerang and you see the attacks, he's got spider sense again. I, I, this is like the worst spidey sense ever as the building's blowing up. Uh-oh, I think something bad's going to happen. Uh, but they all get shot at. Uh, and Madame Mass there, everything. But then there's a huge explosion. And you've had that a bunch in this book. Nick Spencer likes that. But is the explosion just the explosion of these guns hitting the outside walls and blowing up? Or is this an actual, like, the apartment's exploding? Because I think that it would just be the wall that's exploding out with these gunshots. But it looks like things are trouble, right? So you get that. And I, I think that Spider-Man will survive. That's just me. Um, but I did like the art, and I, like I said, I'm I'm interested to hear your score because uh, it is such a setup deal, and I don't know that you were thrilled as much uh, with maybe some of the little things. Uh, but I don't know because I was talking too much. But as usual, but uh, tell me, <laughs> like, tell me what you am, think about it. I'm really torn between a seven and seven five. I can go I, seven three I'm with you. I'm exactly to be, to be honest now. One thing that really bothered me, and Nick Spencer has never done this before, but throughout the entire book, from the first page all the way to the end, Peter was talking in the 
uh, what's the phrasing? Uh, the narration. The, the narration. He was a narrator. He was the yeah, omnipotent yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He knew about everything that was going on. He knew about Kingpin. He knew yeah, about me off. Robbie and all this stuff. And it's as if this is a story that's in the past. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's telling us the story. If that's true, then are we just getting a huge flashback and we're going to like, there was nothing that told us that. Yeah. But like I said, Nick Spencer has never done that before. Yeah. You know what? It it reminded me of, uh, I actually, in a weird way, I really, really, because of what you're saying, I really thought that it didn't make so much sense with the actual narration, but it kind of did at points, but I was, I was waiting for them to shoot back to Ravencroft and that this was all kindred doing this that this was continuing his crazy plan and whatever and you'd see him do that wacky smile that freaks me out in there but yeah when you're like oh it's peter and yeah. oh okay well there you go and, and stuff now one of the other things as i'm paging through this too that i wanted to bring up is uh did you read the silk book did you did you read that oh, at uh, all? last week yeah yeah i didn't get the chance to. okay no. in that it really puts J. Jonah Jameson at odds with Nora Winters about the threats and menaces that I'm telling you, I, I never got that from this book. I mm-hmm. never got that Nora because Nora seemed excited to get J. Jonah on board. And J. Jonah, we even said one of my favorite things about that whole deal was that the Times had caught up with the old man J. Jonah Jameson because he's the sensational reporter, like that sort of thing. In the Silk book, it, it plays him off as being the old curmudgeon who likes to do things old school and also at a lot of odds with nora and there's just a little teeny thing here where you see nora and uh, and she looks pissed off and i was like well what is that like retroactively trying like i could see nora being pissed off like jay jonas becoming too popular and they people recognize him as threats and menaces and not her but i just you'd have to read it jay jonah comes off and i like the book i like silk but it came off as really forced the idea that they were at odds and that Jay Jonah was like, oh, man, because he wants Silk, who he calls analog, you know, Cindy Moon. Uh, he likes her because she does it old school. And, but that's not him. That's what he basically threw in the face of Robbie in this book. So it threw me off. I just wanted to know if, if you saw that. But, yeah, with that, you think Spider-Man's dead? You think this is it? The run's over. Everything's gone. He blew up an explosion. That'd be no. funny. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. I, um, I, I think that, you know. One really good part that, you, you know, you even said you really enjoyed, which really felt like saved the issue for me, was that intimate moment between Parker and Boomerang. Um, I think that Peter will reveal himself to be Spider-Man. I think, uh, I think, I think that so. will help the relationship a lot more. Um, I really hope Boomerang doesn't die. That didn't even cross my I mind. Know. <laughs> I'm telling you, he'll reveal it as he takes off the mask as Boomerang's bleeding out. Oh my! Uh, look, it's me. Oh, I always and and it would be funny because you even have the deal here where I I would love it because you end up where Ra- Randy says to Peter, "Hey, I'm dating Beetle. You know, Janice Lincoln. Oh, I know that. Oh, how'd you know? Well, Spider Man, he's kind of a creeper." And he looks in windows and stuff, and he ended up seeing you, but whatever. I would like that you end up having almost a, almost like a Han Solo moment where I just wanted to say before I, di- before you die, Boomerang, I'm Spider-Man. He's like, I know. <laughs> I knew all along, buddy. And then I'd be like, oh, my God. Because if Boomerang went down, if he did, I'd be so upset. He's not my favorite character, never will be. But in this book, I get a kick out of him. He's so good. And he's such a good compliment to Peter. 
uh, and Spider-Man as well that it's so good. So I don't know, but I, I just worry for him. I mean, usually when when these guys end up getting everything that they wanted uh, in this sort of capacity, they either are forced by somebody to go back to being bad, which could happen. The idea that he is hurting everyone around, maybe think, but usually leads to death in my mind. So I'm worried. But yeah, I like that. I really like the stuff with Janice and, and her friends and colleagues. And I like the stuff with Randy and Peter. Just did this have to be 32 pages? Uh, yeah. I it just by the end, you're like, really? Like the, you cut out all of the stuff with um, with Peter and Boomerang at the beginning. And, you know, the aftermath where they're taking pictures with all the Instagram models. Um, yeah. And yeah. you get a full 24 pages. That, yeah. And yeah. that's it. It just seemed weird why you'd like all of a sudden we got to get this 32. Let's go. And and really, even, yeah, you get Baron Mordo, but did you really even, like you said, we kind of get this. You're already in the middle of getting every villain in New York City after Boomerang. Now you're doing this. And I know that Kingpin plays things all different directions and stuff. So there's that. But this is just like the same kind of thing over and over, like you said at the beginning. So I gave it a 7.5 when I reviewed it on the site. And I was between a 7 and a 7.5. And I ended up thinking to myself, well, I like the art. Though I think that it got a little confusing in that Boomerang, Spider-Man fighting all the... It's just like a mess of of a bunch of things. You don't even barely have to read what's going on. You just know that they're fighting. Um, But the personal stuff and the interactions and the dialogue, I I did really... And I love the idea that those friends are like, yeah, you know, he's going to try to change you. And then he just right away says it. I'm like, oh, you did it, Randy, you jerk. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a seven five. What would you give it? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and stick with uh, with seven three. Um, it's like I said, it's right there. It could be you know a really good issue, but it's just there's just too much fluff in it, unfortunately. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and at the end, when you sit there and think about stuff like, oh my god, like if you talked about this issue next year. Yeah, you might say, oh, that's that first issue that Baron Mordo showed up. Oh, yeah, you know, Madame Mass. That, but you're not going to sit there and go, oh, my God, when they were doing that. Like, a lot of this is just the setup to get to something bigger. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that it does get to something bigger because I'm still enjoying this. It's just I want to love it. At points when he has stuff that we're really interested in and are the big things that he's setting up, boy, this book becomes one of the bigger things. And, and it's, it's kind of a shame. Spider-Man's the big book. I mean, it's huge. But with everything else going on, King in Black, you end up having the Heroes Reborn coming up. It does seemingly get pushed to the side to just be there for, obviously, Spider-Man fans, but Nick Spencer fans as well. And he is doing a good job overall with this run. There's hardly an issue that I hate. You know, there I read Avengers. I'm looking for something to like over in that book. But yet that's trying to give the big things. And I just I, I just get you know, worried about stuff with sales, but Spider-Man always sells, so you always have that to rely on, but I'm enjoying it. So before we go, you tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, of course. Uh, Like always, you can always find me on Twitter. That's where I'm at primarily, uh, at FanboyClay. If you go there in my bio, you can find the link tree where you can find the link to all of my shows, that including Batman News Weekly Podcast, the Comic Book Legion Podcast, of course, here, the uh, Weird Science Marvel podcast, and of course, uh, the Ranger Alliance podcast over at the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Yep, and check all those out and all those, and the link tree will be in the show notes, so check that out as well as we go off 
to possibly talk to the missing man from Buffalo, Brandon. I don't know. He he tends to disappear at times when I try to get him, but we'll see. It should be him and me coming back with some books. All right, and I am here with a Brandon and... We are going to be doing Venom. We're heading towards the end of the event. It's funny, though, because I already talked about Avengers. And after that whole Phoenix Force tournament, which I know you were waiting with bated breath to find out that it was Echo who becomes the new Phoenix. I, I know that that thrills you, Brandon, but watch your tongue there. But still, Echo I know, the Dolphin? I know. No, not Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> Seriously, really? There you go. I knew that, that it was a... Uh, a dicey thing to mention Echo to you, but you end up with this going on, and what we end up having is, you know, an event that's ending, but already ended in some of the books. Miles already said it was over, Black Cat, so the timing's a little off, but then you get done this Phoenix Force stuff in the whole Avengers, and you see, next up, King and Black. I'm like, really? Are you really we were doing that still? So we end up here with, with Venom, uh, it does it surprise you at all? I know they had the checklist, but does it surprise you at all that they didn't say at, at any point in this, like, yes. please, you know, read I opened this them both first. to see yeah. which one I should read first? Because be you definitely you. need uh, to read this first because I would, thought that was going to be in there. Yeah, you would you would assume that you would read King and Black last. DC's but you never good know about what's doing last. that. Yeah, they the are, last, actually. When things come out in the last week and it's multiple books. I, I don't really know Marvel does that too often, to be honest. Yeah, I wish, they would, thinking, I wish but... they would have put that because what ends up happening is out of nowhere. I don't know if this I is going to be I think Dan Slott did in Spider-Man Alpha or whatever. That Venom Inc. or maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking of. That's that's uh, you know mentioned in this at the end yeah, of this event. Note. And, and so with this, though, you end up going, and for the most part, I'm not going to tell you that you couldn't just go off right now and read the whole Union mini. So, like, you know what I mean? The, the timing didn't mean much in anything because not much meant anything, especially tie-ins. We kept saying that Venom, that's the big one. And with this whole deal going off to Venom 200, that was just the only thing that I'm like, maybe they would put Venom afterwards. It might be an epilogue to lead to 200. Now, so if if you are listening, you, you should read Venom first. That that would be the deal. Most people, I think probably so like too. Yeah. Most people would have figured out, like, yeah, uh, yeah, we figured that out, idiots. But I'm just saying, usually they will at least let you know, right? So yeah, there's a note that. somewhere. Yeah, uh, unless yeah. It, we got these preview copies, it's not in, and then maybe it's maybe in they the added real it. ones. That I don't is know, true. That is true. There's some janky stuff. And maybe they there. maybe they should have put the checklist at the beginning. But what? Not. It's not a big deal. I just wanted to let everybody. That was my roundabout shade. Telling people Pre what they should spoiler, read first. Spoiler right? warning. Yes, yes. Yeah. and this will be spoilers here. Here's a spoiler. I think that this event was not as great as I was hoping it would be. There, there's yeah. a spoiler. It was a little lackluster. They made a traducan when they only needed a turkey. That's true. It, it did get overly bloated. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the there duck, the duck part of that turducken <laughs> gets real greasy. And and yet that yeah. that's the tie-ins, or, or maybe they that's like a, a lot of the tie-ins. They tie started an oven fire there. Yeah, 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 really. It's like one of those people where when the turducken being a big craze, but also the big craze that I think you do is frying the turkey. Uh, you, you have to know what you're doing. You, you can't Every put year. that. Oh, you yeah. can't. Yeah, you can't put that oil oh, up no. to the top, right? You, you can't nope. have things and, like and that. Thaw that sucker out yeah, for at yeah. least a, a full twenty-four hours minimum. Okay. minimum. Do you brind your turkey when you do it at all? Do you, do you end up doing like that? Have you ever it? done that? Well, actually soak it in salt water 
uh, for a couple no. of nights. Like you put it in a bucket with no. salt water and what it does, it ends no, up. No, because you don't want anything lodged with water to be True, put in but your then fire. You, it's you do end up, on you. you do end up like kind of getting that, you know, dried up a little bit more afterwards. But it actually makes a more tender turkey. Uh, but again, the whole deal with the frying is so that it, it fasts. You know, gets it there. It's almost like searing beef, where you want to do that before yeah. you slow Flash cook it and stuff. Yeah, to keep it so it's in. That is our cooking segment for for this week here. Yes. You know, yeah. that, so you get that. But cooking yeah, we, in the middle of winter in Buffalo. In, That's how you yes. do it. You fry yeah. it, deep fry at, it. At one point, we were doing a lot of winter grilling until our grill kind of went kaput. We were talking about getting a new grill for this summer. What's weird about this whole deal is I had just I had COVID. I got over that. Now it's it's getting warmer and whatnot. I'm telling you, I should know, like, okay, we're almost – I keep forgetting, and I keep thinking it's the, like, end of summer and we're heading to winter again. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I said that this morning because me and my, me and my one son – I guess it was just because I was bedridden for a while and whatnot, and I, I don't know. I'm like, you know, Rip Van Winkle. I wake up, and I'm like, oh, man, it's going to suck because me and my youngest son are, are playing some tennis. Mainly We're basically because, just at the point we've started 2020 all over again yeah, with a few yeah. more rights. That's yeah, about really. it. That's where we're yeah, at. Yeah, about a year ago I was laid off is when this happened. But, <laughs> yeah, so when me and my uh, youngest son, as I was getting better and, I'm, you know, keeping – and my main thing was getting my temperature down. It's It stayed up for a while, but it's okay. I'm going – and I've heard enough crap talk from Logan that he is the best athlete that he's ever seen. I said, first off, you've only looked in the mirror, so you've only seen yourself, and that – he is like such a natural athlete that he could beat me in anything. Now I'm old and out of shape. He, I said, we'll go play tennis. He stinks. I'm better than him. I'm telling you, it's it's, it's a <laughs> already proved this theory oh, wrong. No, it I, took I, five I, minutes. I've destroyed it. And he actually admitted, like we went and I'm serving and I'm just ace, ace, ace because he can't. He's not used to it. And then he came home, mom. I was wrong about dad. He is a good. I'm behind, like giving him like the fist punch there if he doesn't say it right. I gave him what he's supposed to say. That's how I impress my wife. Yes, my kids say I'm down. a good athlete. So, but we're here not to talk about how great an athlete I am. We're here to talk about Venom, and it is Venom a number. And they're all dropping people off things yes. again. Yeah, yeah, and so you end up Venom number thirty four. It's funny, too, because then Null gets dropped off. I'm like, really? Is this all we do? I, yeah. I, I can think of a couple things I'd like to drop. <laughs> we had one books. idea here going yeah. into this event, and we played now, it four or five with times. With that, it's funny, too, because when you get done, to me, most people that are talking that I, well, I've seen or I've talked to, they're not even that excited about King and Black. It's almost like the war is over. We made it. We we end. Up, it's almost like you know you end up having a shut indoors during the winter. Now it's uh, spring to go with the timing now, and and you're just excited to get done or to get outside. What people are more looking forward to is this Venom 200, and that is the next issue. This is Legacy 199. And that is the end of Donny Cates' run. That is the end of him yeah. and Ryan Stegman. I'm looking forward to somebody new on Venom. That's, that's what, what I'm looking that's, forward to. And that's where it's funny too, because normally, yeah, normally I I'm going with, and I think that the maximum amount of issues that I really can take now a days. I know that in the past you had crazy runs and stuff, but it's to me it's 50 issues, and I like the idea. I wish that when they get people on board with a book. They end up saying, you have this amount, so then they could get the fire under their ass and get moving at some points. But we really enjoyed Venom. This is the shame of this King in Black. That's what I'm going to think about a lot afterwards, a year from now, two years from now, thinking back at a run that me and you 
really, really enjoyed at parts. At, at points, this was our favorite book. And when we get back to it, I think that all I'm going to think about is King in Black. And while I don't think that the main King in Black book that we do have on Patreon this week, just as a little shout out, it, it's, it wasn't great, but it wouldn't have been as offensive if we didn't have 58 tie-ins. And, and so by the end, like you said, it's a, it's a bloated turducken, and it just ends up where it felt like a lot of wasted money and time. And so we get to this book, though. This, this Venom issue has a lot going on. And it's cool because it looks like at, by the end, we are going to get something that we have been wanting. And that's Flash Thompson back and possibly being Venom. We don't know because that 200, or Eddie's going to have to deal with being part and God of the symbiotes. He's the new king in black. Um, but with that, a lot of this, including that king, you start up and I'm like, what was going on? <laughs> I couldn't even remember. And it's funny, too, because when you go through this Venom and even King of Black, you it, have. It's weird, too, because it, it's like, is is Eddie replaying? Because I, I knew we watched Eddie get dropped at the end of the last Venom issue we read. Yeah. And then yeah, when I he's think back that they're in replaying Null's head, that to go. Yeah. And they I are in the head. Off I'm like, we're doing this again. What We've I thought was weird. This, yeah. And what I thought was weird time. with this is as you get into it, suddenly, and, and this goes on again, I keep saying it also is in Kingdom. The, the idea that Donnie Cates, because we're, he's all of a sudden really spelling out the rules here or what's going, you know, hey, Eddie, you're a codex. You're not really alive, but you're in the high mind. Like these are things that if you're reading, you know. And I don't mind being reminded of some things, but what gets me is when I get reminded, then I realize how little we've been doing lately with anything, especially the <laughs> tie-ins. So you have to yeah. you end up almost like Donny Cates. Everyone's been sitting in the basement yeah, room wherever yeah. they're hiding out. He, even when you have, I mean, do you do you really go with the idea that they have that? Oh, you know, everybody was working to get that Enigma Force there. I'm like, really? Like, that just no. showed up, uh, you know, no, so with yeah, the Silver, Silver Surfer. Surfer. By chance, shows and up with this even thing. then, you got confused because people were like, Saves oh, my God, Silver Surfer's the god of light. No, no, no. He was bringing the, the – it just ends up wacky. But here it is. Here it is. And all the god of symbiotes has covered Earth and a symbiote dome. Eddie Brock has Venom attempted to face the symbiote god who stripped them of his symbiote and dropped them to his death. For a very long time Eddie's yes, spirit lived twice. on as a codex in the symbiote hive Where he was found by Flash Thompson Flash was able to escape the world of the living But the hive is Null's domain And now Eddie has to face him within it alone Now again, this book is mostly If not all, of the mind Of the Null mind, hive mind deal So this isn't really Eddie This is his codex taking form in that deal And Null isn't really no no is the you know vision of no in yes. there and right like a there manifestation is way it. too confusing for the last issue going into the penultimate issue of the thing and again i would have rather have had this stuff more developed than have a union miniseries you know tie well, you gotta understand no is too busy chasing everybody around in all these tie-ins he has to yeah. keep appearing and you know oh he's my God. chasing ghost spider around every, because, these five, yeah. minutes. <laughs> and, and five minutes and i love his i love his selectiveness you know what i mean i love where some of them he's not bothered with but then out of nowhere there's like a minor character i mean even like scream Oh my god! I got now. Just think of that—that that big thing with Scream, and he's chasing her, and she hits him with the Hellfire. Even though later, when Ghost Rider hits with the Hellfire, it does nothing. Uh, you end up where 
that that didn't there was no resolution there was no you know no was like i'm gonna figure out you you know scream i'm at no 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 we never we never really did anything then you get the planet of symbiote books which are fun little tie and deal but didn't really mean much none of these really mattered and so that's what i have had a problem with from the get-go we said maybe at the end we're gonna have this huge like everybody's no we don't even get that and (laughs) it is kind of upsetting overall the idea that you know, a lot of that stuff just felt like it was just there to add the the book count and the money for completionists and things like that. Because yeah. overall, I don't people. think holy yeah, cow, I don't think I'd get... be getting an omnibus of this. Uh, they might maybe... have a class action lawsuit on their hands. Yeah, really? <laughs> I think that maybe someday down the line, maybe on the anniversary of this, that we could end up having this us is just way more... read erroneous than loot boxes if you ask me true. i mean jesus that is really true i mean really <laughs> I, we could end up down the line rereading venom and king and black the main book and kind of go in order with those and maybe see that maybe it was better it's just you get lost in the shuffle a lot of these things and, and it's a shame but yeah you end up where flash is a dragon in the hive mind you end up having eddie once again being stripped of his symbiote being tossed down the mountain because remember he was going to go try to get but even then when this ends up happening or whatever he doesn't really seem to have much of a plan after the idea of i got to get my other because he is still a codex he's i mean this is why a lot of the stuff just gets totally forced in because you have a lot of heavy Does lifting he to just do fly out of hell i don't quite understand what yeah how because him he, and flash well, really get out of here I don't know. I get like their codex goes out into the world and just finds bodies, right? Is that what's the Enigma Force? It's the Enigma Force that ends up, and that's what I'm saying. The idea of all of this to get to where we need to do, you got to do a lot more than just "Hey, I got to get my other," because he's still not alive. Now, the the other and the symbiote, and with the whole enigma force do spell out that they can then go out and take a form and we'll almost like they were going to figure things out later that never did but again you end up having all this fight of the mind and it's a lot of crap talking it's a lot of you know no saying i killed you a million times i'm going to do it again here i'm going to toss you and then he ends up becoming you know Connect it with the other becomes venom, yeah. and then he gets kind like of some goes, goo on him from Null tossing yeah, yeah. him off. Yep, yeah, and he ends up being able to do that, and so he's like, "We're together." You had the other, we're together again, Eddie. We're going to do this, and even saying, "No," you know, Eddie says, "Let's go back. Let Let's go. We're going the wrong way. We have to turn around and kill." No, 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 Eddie. That's not no. How many times does Eddie have to be told this and live it because? We know this. I mean, why doesn't he know? Oh, we got to go back and get that. Oh, yeah. It's not really him. Eddie just didn't ev- read his back issues before no. this one. Everything gets <laughs> thrown in. And even when you go, it's like weird things happen in this with the idea where you have a bunch of editor's notes. Go see this. Go see Venom Inc. All that. But also then you even have Eddie himself yell to Flash. Oh, you're going to have to figure that out. Go back and find out. Like, really? We're getting a meta? You know, editors note in this as the the whole Enigma Force hits and goes and hits. The God of Light is here, ends up being able to, you know, power surge 
Eddie with the symbiote, all that stuff, as the Avengers are just standing around, as they do. I mean, I, I really don't know what they've done that much. They've been captured a couple times, and then they get free, then they get captured. But the biggest thing in this is you have this Venom book here, and you don't get any Dylan. The whole thing with Dylan is just that, you know, Noah's going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him, you know, mine, all this. Well, Eddie is like, that's not going to happen and gets pissed, but... This really seemed to be a story, especially in Venom, about Dylan and about what he can do and not do and to be able to move forward with him. And you don't get him in this. And then when we go to King and Black, it's kind of just kind of thrown aside. You know, he's just a side note at the very end. But in this, you end up getting the Enigma Force, then Envelopes. You know, Envelopes, Eddie, he becomes this god of gods. I mean, he's now the antithesis of the king of black he's the opposite he's now the god of light they ended up choosing him again this goes in with what happens in the king of black but you know no even says you know really you pick this guy i beat this guy a hundred i killed him i mean he was dead when you showed up and you're still gonna pick him but obviously that's what happens and that's really the big deal of everything going forward is the idea that he is now the Enigma Force Captain Universe, but they end up saying we don't call it that anymore. And then you end up having the Flash symbiote dragon who he says there was a plan. At one point, Eddie's just like, stick to the ground. I don't know that that was, you know, little yeah. wink, wink. I mean, go the, to Arlington Cemetery and go into the are, ground. Are poorly thought out on the fly. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just that you stick to the ground. First of all, I'm like, he's a dragon. He's flying. I, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, he ends up going to well, Arlington Cemetery. I, I guess cemetery. when there's nothing but dragons in the sky, you can blend in a little easier. Well, when everybody's flying, nobody is, I guess. But he, he <laughs> yeah. ends up going to his grave. He crashes in and you know, of the mind, it seems. And that's where I think this is. The idea that he goes out, he's out of the codex, out of, like, almost like a ghost that then can go in with the codex and maybe even a little bit of help from the, you know, Enigma Force through Eddie. He does go in, goes into his body, and then seemingly is resurrected by the end. You see him uh, Everyone in out the Marvel the Universe, field. when they die in return, is like, you know, no decomposition at all no, on no, any of them. No, not at all. <laughs> and, and basically, it's, you know, Friday the 13th. We're going to get the, the coming out of the grave. Of Flash Thompson It'd be here. funny. It's like he comes out, the only thing that's good is that arm. He comes yeah. out as Marvel Zombies Just again. Skull the rest. That'd be yeah, funny, actually, if they end up going the Marvel from this. Zombie universe. Flash goes out and starts another Marvel Zombies. He just starts eating people. But we've been wanting Flash back. That, yeah, that's this, pretty this cool. was uh, you know, the the kind of thing that's going to bring my score up for this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's I, gonna to be honest with you, I think I like the art in this issue better than I do too. the King in Black finale, too. I um, love Quite frankly, I like this issue better than the King and Black one. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'll be just, quite I mean, honest. Not uh, to spoil, it's just a big fight. It's just yeah, a big <laughs> fight that actually is MacGuffin on top of MacGuffin on yeah. top of you know Deus MacGuffin Machina that's just thrown pizza, in. That's yeah. all it is. This actually ends up also you know again to spoil it. He becomes we said it before. Eddie becomes the new King and King Black. Ah, does that right. excite you? Because I don't care. I I want flashback. And yeah. if that is I'm ready to move on from flashback. this whole king of symbiotes just yeah, thing really. in general and kind of go in a different yeah. direction. Now, I'm guessing, well, we're going to have the big 200. It's like an 80-page issue of Venom. And um, my guess, I would love for Flash to come back as, you know, Agent Venom. Anything to be back, even if he's full-out Venom, which would be cool. And I think that maybe there'd be a lot of people who maybe don't want exactly Eddie 
to be the, the venom when somebody else besides Donny Cates takes over because he's done such a big run here that a lot of people love that maybe you do need a breather and have well, you've turned him into a god as, for, for yeah now i'm saying yeah i'm guessing that he's just gonna say uh the symbiotes don't need a god uh i'm out of here i'm gonna go Free back will, and maybe maybe even walk off with his son and they go up but i i really would like uh you know having flashback and maybe having flashes as venom for like i said at least a bit to have a little space between because Again, if I was writing it and they're like, okay, you're going to take over Venom, first off, you're going to start out at a new number one. You might want a different name, not just a Venom, maybe, you know, like I said, you had all the things, Space Knight and stuff like that. Something else so that people aren't just like constantly, oh, this isn't as good. Oh, you're ruining what he did with Eddie. Or I don't like how you do Dylan. I'm like, screw that. Get those out of the way. Let's do Flash and some other things for a little bit, but we'll see how it goes. It's the same where. You have to start thinking about who's going to take over Mortal Hulk from Al Ewing, and you're going to get people who are going to, you know, kind of pull back and say, I like the Al Ewing stuff. Well, that's done. So maybe they'll do something a little different with that as well when that's done. But with this, we get, we get flashback, it seems, at the end. So I'm into that. I didn't mind getting caught up with everything going on because of all these tie ins have really screwed my mind up and things like that. But you really just get a prelude fight of the mind to head off to a big fight of the real. And the Enigma Force, you, you rolled your eyes when that showed up anyway. Yeah. And now this almost seems like they're, they're starting here, but then they even go. And we even saw some of these, you know, that energy source, these readings. Oh, my God. Like a lot of this stuff feels like we've already seen it. But they're also trying, like Donnie Cates is trying to, in that last ditch effort here, in my mind, make you think that this Enigma Force is something new and that it actually was developed in the story so that when yeah. it comes to be all end all in the next issue in uh, King of Black, yeah, yeah, that the, you're not like, oh, my God, that was out of nowhere. But the it's still Captain it. Universe name is referenced very, very quickly and then yeah, quickly yeah. just becomes the God of Light and all this yeah, other God stuff. Yeah, God of Light you know? and, and the Enigma Force. And yeah. that's what I think. I think that that's this main this issue's main you know, thing is to do that, to get you, okay, the Enigma Force, the Enigma Force. I don't really know exactly what's going on, but okay. And so when the next one is, oh, it's the Enigma Force, they're like, oh, that was set up well, but it really wasn't. So by the end of this, I'm giving it a 6.5. And like I said, there's a little hint that I'm lower on that in the King and Black finale. It's just how much lower, how how much are we going to go, uh, you know, as we end up playing that game? But what would you get? Yeah, I think that sounds fair here. But, you know, it, I'm, I, it's going to make my next one also lower. I, I do think I enjoyed this one more because of the flash scene, really. Um, and, and, you know, like I said earlier, uh, the art was was more up my alley in this issue than than the next issue. Um which is a shame too, because it's. It, I think it's Ryan Stegman. You know, he it just. I don't the know. Next he issue ran is, out of yeah, time or something Stegman that we or, really like, or just the yeah, way the I, panels were set up. I, I, I wasn't a fan of. I there were some weird things. I mean, obviously, I said we're going to have that on the Patreon. That was picked by the badass of the Get Fresh Coopy Boop. But even then, just a little thing where you have some big moments, and the big moments aren't even in big panels, and that 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 kind of surprised me. He ends yeah. up, you know, making no, the ultimate you. weapon out of the silver surfer board and Molnir, and that's in the little tiny panel that if actually you, if was that wasn't confusing. said in the issue i wouldn't have known that's, that's what the happened. problem then they yeah. say it the next page because you barely see it that's huge and it, it just even the idea of of 
you know, Eddie getting Molnir to be with it's like just at this point too, that's just a you know, a wow moment that you kinda yeah, we've no, seen I it before. You. But still, uh it it ended up not feeling as big because of some of that. So yeah, well, that's that. But that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Happy Flash is back. That's the bottom yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. If if he is, that'd be funny. Is as he's doing this, his hand just falls down. He only had that couple seconds of life. He's done. Yep. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Again, if you go over to our uh, Twitter, it's called Go to WS Marvel <laughs> Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, Weird Science Marvel where. You'll have a couple reviews, this Venom book, the King of Black stuff, and even the Planet of Symbiotes, uh, done by Wolf Cipher, the guy there. So you'll even get a better, probably, perspective because he's more into the symbiote stuff than us. So we'll see if he likes it more. But you'll get a, you know, a different perspective as well over there. And also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can end up listening to our spotlight. Uh, that includes America Chavez and the King and Black number five. One a little more important at this point. But yeah, if you want to yes, listen to us, continue Chavez. and talk to the about the King and Black, go over there. Everything's in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Brandon, yes, for sir. joining me. Thanks, Clay, earlier. And we will talk to you next week. Later.